All right, folks, welcome back to the PowerPod 2023. First guest of the year, delighted to welcome Jonathan Clark, online content creator and uh, online coach as well. That's me. Hello, how are you? Uh, first of all, I haven't had, I haven't done in Dublin for ages. It's always been, I've had a lot of like UK guys in the mm. last run of summer. So uh, how was your Christmas back in Dublin? Yeah, it was good. So me and Rachel, my partner, we went back for, well, she actually went back for a little bit longer than me. She did two weeks. Mm-hmm. I did 10 days. She went back early for her christmas party but yeah i actually really enjoyed it man and you know since i only went back for 10 days it felt like more of a holiday do you know what i mean like yeah, i know yeah, you yeah. went back for longer you went you did a month or <laughs> yeah. something but, you, you kinda, my life. <laughs> but yeah you probably got into a routine at home whereas i didn't yeah. it was just purely it was just purely a holiday drinking mode and yeah i thought that was quite enjoyable and so like we'll get into a little more why you moved over to marbella but was did you feel like going back were you like fuck I miss parts of this or were you like it's lovely to come back but I can't wait to get back to my bed like d- does yeah. it because like for me for example I came back I was like can't wait to come back to my routine over here mm. whereas like Murren went over and was like fuck I still love Dublin a lot like really? so but I think you get into the, the Christmas at Ireland's the best time yeah. do you know what I mean big time big time to be honest it was lovely being back but one of the things it made me realise is like nothing changes about at home yep. it's same supermarkets same pubs, same friends who I absolutely love, but it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. So it just made me realize, yeah, no, this is this is something that I want to be here. I want this is something that I want to do. And if I go back in two years' time, in four years' time, it's still going to be the same. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't want to. One of the main reasons I moved over here in the first place is just because I felt quite comfortable at home. Like I was very, very comfortable. We lived in an apartment. We were getting it for a good deal. It was fifteen. 20 minutes away from our gold, gold dust at the minute yeah 100% 100% but yeah we landed on it like quite well but it just felt it just felt too safe like and I said to Rachel like a couple of times I was like I don't want to look back in 20 30 years and be like you know that was the opportunity where we could have done something different mm. and we didn't and you know some people absolutely love staying at home they would hate the idea of living living anywhere else but for me um, I've always wanted to do like something like this, so I'm happy I'm here. I'm happy I'm doing it. And so you could have gone anywhere, right? So why yeah. why my bed? You've been here before, or did you just see like every fitness content? Get? Like the gym, <laughs> obviously gyms are outstanding. We don't need to say that. Like the fit, there's a huge fitness community. But like, um, was there any other? Because obviously there's yeah. there's a ton of places people go. Australia is huge right mm. now. Canada, all those places. Why was Spain the place? Yeah, there was a few factors actually. So it, first of all, we it's january 2023 now so we moved to spain in april 22 mm-hmm. um and we actually went to ben Madina first which is just oh shit. Okay. yeah 40 ish minutes away in the car and the reason we went there is because we'd been there a couple of times on on holidays excuse me oh, all good um yeah we've been there a couple of times on, times on holidays we absolutely loved it mm. um my parents actually had an apartment there so i was there every year growing up i i actually hated it going again and again Do you know when you're young you want to really go younger, somewhere yeah, different, yeah. different but um yeah i got to like 18 19 i was like this is actually lovely especially when i start bringing rachel um so yeah it was it was nice to move there because even though we were taking that step we were going abroad like pretty much moving our life abroad but we still knew the good places the good restaurants and things like that and we have a dog as well which mm, was a huge, huge factor and um, so we have a french bulldog he cannot fly anywhere in europe yeah. like anywhere i think he can do in country flights within the u.s like some airlines in the u.s will okay, take him yeah. but they like nowhere in europe will so we had to drive mm. so we got the boat to bilbao which is the top of spain um, and then we had to that was like a day and a half long or something all for fucking brewing on my wait, french bulldog <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doesn't realize what's why happening why, why can't we fly i'm mm-hmm. like this yeah. could have taken four hours brewing out <laughs> but um yeah no we did that and then we drove down which was like 10 hours or something a long journey but absolutely worth it and we wouldn't we wouldn't leave him behind like that was not even an option Obviously, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah what was uh what are kind of the first things you know from moving to marbella what kind of things did you like um, so Ben and Madden was great. So yeah, sorry, we went to Ben and Madden first. We spent four months there. We decided to stay on um, and we were like, okay, will we stay here? Will we move somewhere else? And the one thing about Ben and Madden is that like not many people are doing what we're doing. Mm. Like it's a good holiday destination, but it was quite obvious that, you know, not a lot of the Irish or the UK or the US people there were actually... There, there. was actual Spanish people there. Yeah, as opposed there to was here. actual yeah, Spanish yeah. people, which I didn't want at Omni yeah, yeah. But yeah, there was no there was no like digital nomad scene or anything like mm-hmm. that. Um, so we knew Marbella was 
much better for that kind of thing and the gym scene in ben Omadna is shit like really bad uh, and of course i'm into my gym and my fitness and things and yeah that was another factor as well amongst you know a lot of others like rent uh, was a factor that i think that was one of the factors we didn't move to marbella in the first place because mm. we went at peak time and as you know oh, it's a disgrace yeah it's it is crazy and um, so from september onwards especially if you enter like a long-term lease it's a mm. lot more affordable so yeah and uh I was actually, this is one of the later questions I had, but you kind of brought it up. What, um, we're kind of seeing a little bit of a mass, like Exodus out of Dublin right now, especially with Ireland in general. A lot of people our age are looking for like opportunities abroad and kind of moving with no kind of plan going back. What do you, like long term, I'd always seen myself like living in Dublin with kids, all that kind of stuff. And now I kind of, in the last year or two, I've kind of realized that like, yeah. number one, it might not be as feasible as you'd like it to be unless you have a, you know, yeah. lucky enough to have money coming from somewhere. But, um, overall like there's gonna be a lot of people our age in the next 10 years who are gonna be like i'm not gonna move out of home or buy a house so um what have you kind of has your thinking changed about what your long-term plan might be since moving abroad yeah kind of like i'm starting to get that idea you obviously have a year on me here do you i think you moved out a year Sep- september last year was oh. our was our first so we just okay. had our first summer and Fair. now we're into all right yeah so this would be our we're nearly at it we're nearly at two years yeah okay yeah you're nearly at two years so you have a little bit here a little bit longer than me here so i suppose you've had a bit longer to think about it but i'm starting to think about it and i mentioned it to rachel the other day rachel be more of a home bird than me so it would be kind of like me nearly trying to convince her in the first place when we moved here like rachel took some convincing she absolutely loves it now but um yeah i think i think i'd be more open to that than rach and we'd obviously yeah i'd love to move back but a part of me would love to buy here and but then not, I don't not know. mortgage all life away like yeah, do you know what I mean time. but then yeah like yeah you have kids here and I, you have to send them to a Spanish school yeah. I don't know it, there's a lot there's of loads, loads of factors man even, even when you fucking have your first kid and you're like where, where's your mum to come and like do yeah. some babysitting for you and all 100% um, so kind of we'll kind of get into a number of your uh, I want to kind of get into a different, couple of different aspects of your life in terms of like your content creation obviously mm-hmm. your coaching but also add some bodybuilding questions if that's okay no um, absolutely not Number one, what kind, what kind of inspired you to get into bodybuilding in general? Everyone kind of has a different story mm. of what kind of motivated them to start. Yeah, so when I first got into the gym, it wasn't like because I had a passion for bodybuilding, didn't have like Arnie on my wall or anything like that. It was more because I played a lot of sports growing up, like football, Gaelic, um, a lot actually, but I was very injury prone, really injury prone. So in a typical season, I'd be out for at least a quarter of it or something like that. So obviously if my lower body, something, you know, part of my lower body was injured, it's usually, was usually one of my ankles. Mm. Um, obviously I could still try my upper body in the gym. So that was something that, you know, I could do. I absolutely loved uh, exercise as well. So that's how I kind of got into it mm. more and more and more. And you know what, from a young age, I've always been, I've always loved being, 100% in control of my progress mm. and that's the one thing with te- I love team sports but the one thing with team sports is you're relying on a team mm. and even like in a group project in school fucking hate a group projects because you're relying on everyone else Dave do your fucking portion <laughs> yeah. Can't, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah that's why that's what I really liked about the gym from a young age as well you know you if you showed up, if you did your reps, if you looked after your nutrition, you got results. You didn't have to rely on anybody else. And that was something um, that I just gravitated towards. It's, it's you know, a personality trait, I think. It's a, it's a great equalizer, isn't it, like the gym? Because no matter who you are, like, there's no, you mm. can be, like, billionaire, millionaire, super successful, any age. But, like, no one can go in and do that shit for you. Do you know what I mean? You have yeah. to go in, put the time in, be 100%. on top of your nutrition, all that kind of stuff. So I, I always appreciate it from that side that, like, if you look at someone and he's in great shape, you can already tell okay this guy has some discipline to him yeah he yeah, clearly yeah. takes pride in his appearance all those things so that mm-hmm. was a uh, that's definitely and obviously over here you see it like yeah so much 100%. more some absolute fucking gorillas over Beasts. here um so when you when you started did you make a obviously i think i wasted now i see like some of my friends go to the gym and they start training they blow up those like first two years yeah, when your, yeah. your your body like almost overreacts they say like noob gains is one of the things they hear mm. um i wasted a lot of time i think when i was younger like mm. ego lifting and shit a lot of that kind of stuff did you make any like were you like under eating were you not eating enough all those kind of things like yeah. that was another issue i had nutrition wise yeah i think 
I was quite good in the gym. Obviously, I made some mistakes, but from the start, I always followed a decent enough workout plan. Mm. Um, I probably nutrition wise probably was my one downfall in terms of maximizing my progress in the early early years because when you're young and you're just so active yeah, you know you burning, played sports yeah, growing yeah. up like just burning calories like mine yeah yeah 100% you don't realize how much you're burning so yeah. you actually have to focus on eating more um and if you don't like it's really really hard to make that initial progress as quickly as you could mm. so that was probably one of my main mistakes i was nearly you know maybe afraid to continue to eat more i didn't want to put on fat i've always been like quite lean as well so um from an from an early age um from an early age like i i didn't i didn't have the knowledge to be able to actually do that and to be like okay it's fine to eat more this is going to benefit my performance in the gym mm. if i was like playing football and gymming at the same time which i oftentimes would and um, then it would help my performance in both and um, so that was probably my my main downfall in the early years and when, when you were growing up, so obviously at the start, was your plan, did you always want to make a career out of fitness at all? Or were you like, did you have other things and then you were like, fuck, I really enjoy this. And then you start to see the rise in popularity and you're like, this could be a, a, a you know, a, mm. an income source for me now. Yeah, that's a good question, actually. So growing up, I, I always wanted to be a physiotherapist. Yeah. So um, I was always in, probably because I spent so, mu so much fucking time in there, to be honest. Uh, but I always loved save, it. Save yourself some fun. <laughs> <isn't I? laughs> yeah. Um, I was of the idea of it and I went to college and I did athletic therapy and training which is sports physio pretty yeah. much did that in Dublin City University and um, but while I was doing it it was actually over I did a, a an internship in Stanford University in California oh, shit, okay. which was cool yeah, which yeah. was cool and um, but over there I actually realized I don't want to do this um, so that was probably a good thing but at the same time I was like shit I don't want to do this because mm. you obviously you're doing the role like you you see the you know day-to-day -day work uh, and I just thought you know this this isn't for me and at the same time that's actually when I started social media mm. uh, and originally I wanted to start it to post about like injury or post injury content and things like that mm. did that Man, did I even do that? I can't remember. I remember writing out a load of posts on, in my notes section on my phone. I had loads of injury posts in there. But then I thought, you know what? Fuck it. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna do some fitness ones as well, training, nutrition, because at that point I was quite knowledgeable in that area as well. Mm. So I just did that. And I remember my first post I posted over there, I think it was about calories, of course. Um and then yeah i just i just went from there so in my final year i was kind of doing the social media thing i was doing my final year project my thesis um and after that when i should have been applying for a master's uh, which was always the plan i was just like i'm actually not going to do this i'm just going to give this social media thing a whack it's funny how that happens isn't it when you yeah. as soon as you get to the other end of it and you're like i have a lot of mates now who are doing like architecture and stuff and there's eight years or something of studying from mm, finishing school to getting qualified and like by the end of it you've done eight years you're like fucking i don't even enjoy this shit anymore yeah. but, and you haven't even started the career part of it yeah. yet and as you said with your social media kind of started it did you um were you watching anyone or, or anyone's content in particular that you were like I, i'd love to you kind of give me like mm. i i watched a lot of your content in the build-up just make, writing questions and stuff and like i get kind of like jeff nippard vibes you know jeff nippard is yeah, or yeah, like um yeah, yeah. fraser wilson i think his name is he does a lot oh, of man. he's from he's a uk guy based in australia but he does a lot of uh meal nutrition content and a lot yeah. of breaking down nutrition so yeah. who who did you watch the kind of inspired the kind of content you want to do yeah so back in the day who did i watch so rob Lipset was obviously the earliest guy in ireland to do it shout out rob shout out to rob Lipset. Been on here before um, nice house all those things <laughs> Who else uh, inspired me in those early days? Jeff Nippard probably would have been one. Um, Mike Thurston, I always watched him from an early age. I watched the obvious guys as well. This is more YouTube. Uh, so Christian Guzman, yeah, yeah, yeah. Max Tuning, like I was very into them. You gave me kind of Sean Thompson TV vibes. Did you ever watch him back in the day? Never. So this guy from Birmingham, he was in college, but he was like, you guys started at a similar age and I was watching your videos. I got very like Sean Thompson vibes from him. Sean Thompson, he kind of oh, fell out. Like, he kind of, he did it for like three years and was like huge and then kind of fell off a little that's, bit. But that's the thing, man. You know, a lot of the people I started watching that kind of gave me the Don't push, do it anymore. They don't do it anymore. Yep. And some of them are really good as well. Yeah. Like they actually were. Um, and that's, that's a lot of social media is just remaining sticking in consistent, there baby. yeah 100 100 because even at the very beginning like my growth was so so slow like when i decided not to do my masters 
uh, and just give the social media thing a go. Like at the time on Instagram, I think I probably had like 1,500 followers. Mm. I had no followers, man. Um, But I just knew if you have that inner belief and you trust what you're doing and you trust the content you're putting out and with the small followers that you do have, you know that, you know, you're providing value and you know you are because you're getting messages. Although, you know, it might be from a small number of people, Mm. but you know, you get that vibe from a very early stage to know that this is this is going to be good and the thing about social media is like people just focus on the numbers this is a bit of a tangent but people just focus on the numbers and growing a massive following like i need 20 30 40k followers i need a million or else there's no point starting it's madness 100 percent. and the truth is man like you can be very successful with a very small number of followers so for example like if somebody had you know 500 followers and every single one of them was a client for example you're set up you're rich you know so it's more you know it's more about value than the actual number of how you how you kind of curate that audience and how you can like how engaged they are with the content how invested they are in you that's really what matters and like for bloomon actually i do a lot of influencer marketing for them so we work with like christian and max and those kind of guys and one of the big things i kind of have learned throughout is some of the guys even christian says he has a girl who has 15k on instagram and that's their top female creator crazy and like they have the biggest people in the world. you said people, he's doing yeah. she's doing six six figures a month on yeah. her creator code so like that's it just shows amazing. she's got 15k that's there's crazy. only so many people that can like be converted off that but she's just so she's so on top for shit so that when i heard that i think it's so much more now you can have like jesus 25k you can have you can be pushing towards any number of businesses that you have big time um it kind of came up as you were talking about as you said with consistency there um you're i would say you're quite from what i've seen brief stuff you're quite disciplined and mm. um, in terms of like i always see you, you're very disciplined in your training quite dis- very disciplined in your nutrition and you've obviously seen the value of that um number one would you consider yourself disciplined and number two how have you kind of developed that or how can you give maybe give someone advice to someone who's struggling to stay disciplined with it you know yeah that's a good question and i think you know personally i actually always have been really disciplined like Mm. even from a very early age it's something i've tried to reflect on before and i I think like i can't really nail down the actual answer Mm. um i think maybe a few things from my childhood because i haven't only been disciplined with my fitness but i've always been disciplined um in school as well always very like studious i think that's the word like i did well in school um the one thing I can think about is probably the impact my dad had on me in sport. He was never pushy when it came to my studies and things, mm. but like growing up and playing football, like he always pushed me like to the absolute limit. Break his fucking yeah. leg, John. Yeah, like I he was care. he was harsh, but he was good. Yeah. Um and a lot of the time, to be honest, I'd be playing for him. I wouldn't be playing for my manager, I'd be playing for my dad, like yeah. to impress my dad. And he always used to say to me, actually, what did he used to say? He said, um, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, no, if if you lose, like if the team lose, if you play well, that's all that matters. Mm. And I think that's something that stuck with me because yeah. it's so true. You know, if you do you and you do your best like it doesn't matter like don't focus on the things outside of your control Mm. same goes for training same goes for just things happening like anywhere in the world like if you focus on what you can control and you absolutely smash it and then things you know they they'll they'll figure themselves out a lot of the time and I actually just watched um, myself and Myrna watching. There's a new Netflix documentary called Breaking Point. It's about uh, tennis players. Oh, yeah. I saw and um, the first episode is, is Nick Kyrgios. I don't know if you know yeah, who that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he doesn't have a coach. He trains himself. He just wow. has a number of guys. So he's like he's, one of... He's a bit of personality. Yeah, he? yeah oh, he's yeah, hilarious. Yeah, yeah. But they're saying he's one of the most talented players ever, but never yeah. really lived mm. up to that. And he was talking about how like tennis is like such a lonely, lonely sport. Like you're you're on the road, you only get paid if you're winning kind of thing. And he doesn't have a coach, so he's even more isolated. But he says he's found, when I know I have to rely on myself and I know that it's all on me, I like that. I know that I yeah. can, I know I can control discipline myself. I don't have to rely on anyone else. I know if I put my, like everything into myself, I can succeed. Mm. And since I only ever played team sports growing up, which was, I played like rugby, football, all those things. But my dad always said, I wished I got you into a, an individual sport whatever it is to kind of know how it feels to work for something yourself and like rely yeah. on yourself and do it and um it's kind of gotten me into i i don't know if it's to my detriment or whatever but i always a lot of times going to training or whatever your lads are half the the bond with your mates is half the thing that kind of brought you up yeah so um it's just something i've noticed now a lot of people want more like instant gratification now they want to yeah. have the six-pack abs straight away they don't want the 
100%. you know year how year and a half it takes to kind of develop those things so um but yeah with yourself i've, I've kind of just noticed you're you you stick to yeah you stick to everything and it's probably because you've seen benefits from it and you probably feel much better now when you have you know super hydrated you're on top of your nutrition all those things so Good you've time. you've seen the the benefits you get out of it and um, with that in mind would you have any interest in competing or bodybuilding any of those sort of things is yeah. that an interest to you so i well not anymore i actually did yeah so i competed once in a bodybuilding show well i actually i competed first in powerlifting so i did two powerlifting meets um and i did well in both of them i, mm. I won them both which oh, was great in Jesus my weight, in my weight class yeah so one was 70 5 kg and the other was in a different federation and it was 74 kg yeah. did um, you like that style of training the powerlifting style um i kind of fell out of love with it like mm. at the beginning i did um but then it got really really repetitive and the reason that i did it wasn't because i had a passion or a love for it it was like okay i've been going to the gym now like give me something to aim towards so mm. i was like perfect powerlifting yeah. sounds good um so that's exactly what i did enjoyed it for the time that i did it that i did it but kind of fell out of love with it and i said you know what i'm just going to go back to more of my bodybuilding style approach and uh, so that's what i did for a couple of years and i kind of landed myself in decent shape it was before going on a holiday so mm. i did you know your standard cut and all this kind of thing and i was like you know what i'm in really good shape here so i'm gonna go on this holiday i'm gonna see what kind of shape i'm in after it mm. um and if i'm in decent shape then i will compete in there was a show in eight weeks or something mm. like that i think that was the timeline so i came back i was still in good shape um and yeah in the end i actually did compete <clears throat> did well as well didn't win or anything that lineup was absolutely stacked they were just in better condition i'm like quite lean but a lot of these guys were huge like that they, they were just huge um so yeah I, i'm glad i did it but i if you were to ask me will you ever do that again i'd probably say no because yeah. it's massively massively demanding and i'm i'm disciplined so it was a great way for me to channel that discipline mm. but it got to the extreme and it gets to the point where it starts to have an effect on a lot of things in your life like it was massively straining on my relationship so rachel hated it yeah. because i couldn't like go out for a couple of months pretty much because if you want to get in great shape like you can 100 percent have a social life you can pretty much go out every week but if you want to get in bodybuilding great shape yeah. and step like on stage six percent yeah seven percent completely kind of different like it's a completely different ball game so yeah especially over the last couple of months there was no socializing for me there was no alcohol and um, drank really and mm. um, and then it plays with your hormones as well when you're six percent like you don't want to do anything when you get into bed uh you just want to fall asleep mm. like you just want to fall asleep so that obviously had an impact on our relationship <laughs> as well um and yeah it has an effect on your relationship with food too because you're eating so little for so long you're so lean you're absolutely starving your body is telling you i want to eat like yeah. let me eat and you're like no like no. keep dying yeah. <laughs> literally i need keep three dying. more percent off get it off <laughs> well yeah no so happy i did it. happy i take that uh you know box i documented the whole thing on youtube as well which was great i'm so happy i have they that do, they do good on as well though. yeah they did being good. able to get into like a, a series or something to build towards something series. summer that, shredding like you that's see that's exactly it's, what it um, was because you see ever i i get so invested in people's prep mm. when you watch when you watch especially when you see like i think that that rundown because you know there's that period where like it's quite slow and then they'll see you kind of stick with it, and there's that dramatic drop where yeah, you're like great yeah. things are starting to change 100%. it's just quite inspiring to see it and um, did you find yourself that especially in was that as amateur bodybuilding or whatever it was yeah it wasn't yeah it was so there's obviously like it, it's probably unfair to an extent because there's probably lads juicing at that as well which you're going to never be able to it's yeah. more so you got to just one of the big things i saw in a lot is just focus on yourself and bring in your best package yeah because if you start to get too invested oh, like yeah. in killing yourself to get there when it's not physically possible and um, what were, what are kind of your thoughts on pds for your lifestyle are you kind of you're obviously in like genetically do you think you're anywhere near your like potential of where you could be naturally and would you have any interest in ever pursuing that or are you more like health focused on that side no so when i competed i competed in a natural bodybuilding show and it was an actual natural one to be honest you could say that some of the guys there's probably plenty of ways around it to be honest but uh, i got tested so i had to do a lie detector they randomly pick That's people fine. I yeah. know, yeah, it was crazy. And I Just think the leanest blokes yeah, get I, him in here. I think they picked me because I had a bit of a social media following at the time. I was posting about it and I had a series about it mm. in the lead up to it, so maybe that's something to do with it. It just seemed a bit weird, but maybe not. Yeah. Um but I obviously passed that. Um and yeah, I've just had no desire to ever go down that route because to be honest, like I'm quite happy with where I'm at. You know, I'm quite happy with my physique i don't want to be much bigger i don't want to be much leaner 
especially if it came at the expense of me massively, you know, it massively having it having a massive effect on my overall health. You know, short term, long term, my ability to maybe have kids, like it just isn't worth it. For to me, me, there's 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 too many drawbacks that I like, 100%. and it's it, it, especially when you're you're younger, like. I, I'm sure like TRT will continue to be a thing as like men get older and they yeah. there is definitely benefits 100% benefits to that but at the short term guys stacking huge amounts I don't think people realize that like it, it, it could mess up your brain like your body's chemistry for the rest of your life and something you'll be you'll be competing with for the rest of your life so it's 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 crazy man. if you're gonna if obviously if you're gonna commit your life to it and be a pro and that's your yeah, your that's, dream yeah. go, go for your thing but just in the short term I think people just need to realize that like 100%. there's more to it you know and you know what man like I think I think like it's starting to become more socially acceptable acceptable now for your average Joe to do it. <laughs> just be loaded up on gear. Yeah, yeah, just like if he's like going on a holiday, he's like, oh, I'm gonna hop on this, I'm gonna hop on that. And it's crazy. Like it's, uh, I just think it's absolutely mental. And a lot of it is obviously the kind of social pressure of it all. And I think, you know, it's especially the young guys who are very, very impressionable. And I think like, the people that they're probably watching on YouTube are in two camps. So one camp are the, you know, the fake natties, the people that are clearly on gear, but like... It's like Simeon Panda. Like, yeah, no, 100%. Just because a natty. <laughs> yeah. Go on, Simeon. There's a few guys. There's a few guys out there. And like, that's obviously completely immoral. But there's another kind of, there's another trend now where people come out and say, I'm on gear, which is great, mm-hmm. but they kind of use it to, you know, they create all of their content around that. You've probably seen a few people yourself. Um, Fuck you, Liver King. (laughs) Fuck you. What the hell, man? But man, like at the same, like I think it's great that they are like being completely and 100% transparent. But I think, you know, if their audience is very young and impressionable, like it's still maybe having a negative effect because they're like, well, this guy is on it. He's saying that, you know. I I look up to him for everything else. He's a huge, like he's had so many pros in my life, got me into the gym. I want to, you know, replicate that. So uh, 100%. Um, But I, I think... Uh, the, the only thing you can do especially for these creators it is their prerogative to do it but like if you're going to do it I'd love for them to document I think I, we work with Brandon Harding a bit who's d- currently documenting yeah, his yeah, pro card and he um, when he went on it he's great about talking about like look a lot of there's a lot of negative drawbacks on it as well like day to day but at least when he does it he documents it and he's like look I'm going for my pro card it's necessary and he goes through like cost all that kind of stuff because mm. it, has, it has been glamorized to an extent similar to like cosmetic surgery for, for women and stuff now is kind of getting normalizing it a lot as well and people like my sister's eight and i'm horrified about what's kind of being chatted about in school and stuff when she's online and like juicy couture track suits and (laughs) all this kind of shit like what's going on you're eight (laughs) um i kind of actually i might just reset the cameras quickly but that's right that's 30 minutes do you smoke or um just the vapes just the vapes i actually got off the smokes now last year and they're they're out of my life now thank god even over christmas they're like I only had, I maybe smoked for like a year over COVID when things got fucking dark. But I, a load of my mates, like, do smoke a bit. And uh, I never enjoyed it, which is fucking the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Like, but they, it never gave me any, like, buzz. Just, I, and like, just, I felt awful. So yeah. I was like, I'm just going to cut this out now. It's not worth it. So next thing to go is the fucking vape, and then I'm off it all, man. Yeah. But like, over here, cutting the drink out was huge. Because, like, really? in, even in, in Ireland, it's just how you socialize. I didn't realize till you go home and people are like, Can we go I grab know, a man. grab a few pints? Yeah, and you've had like six. You're like, I'm, I'm pissed yeah, walking home, so and it's, it's, it. it's so and it's not anyone's fault, it's just kind of almost Irish society's fault. It's just how we socialize now, 100%. So, yeah, but like, yeah, it's, it's my last fucking it's my last vice, and then I'm off the mall, man. Um, how we all need a vice, man. What's yours? Um, what is my vice? Yeah, what. So when I came out here at first, like from April to now, like I was drinking like every weekend. And I know like a lot of people like do that and that's quite normal. But for me, like you said that you start drinking less when you came out here, I start drinking more mm. because yeah, we were just out here. It was our first summer and we were, com- that's fine. Like we were completely living it up. But man, I got to a stage in like November, December, especially after Christmas where I was like, oh, I have drank so much in this last year. So that's one of my New Year's resolutions. I'm not cutting it out or anything like that, but if I can get to the end of the month and say I went on two or I've drank twice mm. out of four weeks, I think that's a good balance for me because mm. like, it's hard to recover from, man. And they, some of the nights were heavy enough and your Sunday is gone, your Monday is in grey, mm. and it's just like, what am I doing to myself? It, it, 
I, I, the only thing that used to happen so much when I was younger is you go out and they'd be like, that night was shit. Yeah. And you're like, I, I still feel horrendous and I probably yeah. drank more because well, it, more I was bored. Yeah. And like, I come back, I'm like, 100 euro poorer yeah. and I feel horrendous the next two days. Yeah. So like, Are you that kind of guy? Like, if I'm on a shit night out, I actually would stop drinking. Mm. But one of, like, a few of my mates would be like, fuck it, let, like, let's drink more, like, to make this good. I'm the, I'd stop. I'm a bit boring, like, what, like that. But if it's great, I'll drink loads. Do like, I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be a party pooper, like, but I'd be like, this is shit. And do you know what? If a night out is shit, like, it's going to end in the next couple of It's actually weird. Because, like, maybe when I was younger, yeah, I would have drank through it. Because it's like, I'd actually know, 100%. When I was in college, and I was like, Jesus, lads. Or, like, a load of people were supposed to come, half the group bail. Yeah, yeah. there's four you left you're like, lads we're going into town and then you think it's going to be great yeah. and you get in there and you're like oh no there's four of us and like we're half sober I might just yeah. call it lads 100% yeah. had those but I always rather pre-drinks man yeah yeah even when we, even we went out for Christmas I was like this is the best bit 100% and, uh, but I do find when I go out here and I haven't drank a lot yeah. then I go and have like four or five beers if like Six Nations or something's on down at the port yeah. I go down and I'm like this is great and you get into it again you enjoy it but if I can get home before yes. like midnight amazing and and drink a load of water and get into bed i actually can wake up and feel okay it's still a toss-up but that's the key though man the the kip is a big one so key so much man like if i'm in bed by 12 or even half 12 before one i'm like all right this is okay it's when it's like four and Mm. and you're just like i like i get up to see the sun a little bit you're like oh "Oh." remember those grim nights like going home like in ireland especially and you can see the sun coming up and you're like what have i done or like just like little tweeting birds you're like oh (laughs) yeah or like i used to get used to have a lot of night come home my mum would be getting up like half six to go to like she'd gone on a walk oh. or like something and i come in she, hello oh. hey, it's me man yeah. oh my god i'm, I'm so, so sorry. ashamed I'm so, sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry where's your shirt i'm so sorry <laughs> yeah. so i to go to sleep i need a roll uh but it's just uh, I, until like my boat like my dad the dad's big booze are like part of his yeah. and his one of his new year's resolutions is to like drink less okay and so he was cutting out there for like a first week and he was like fuck like, yeah. fuck god i miss like red wine and shit yeah. so like i i think it's just good i never really i don't know why i was never had like the biggest like i was never like i i really i like hunger for pints every week it just isn't i'm more so like there's a big night out and all my mates are going yeah i would like that'll be fun yeah that's so a great I'm but i wouldn't like be like yeah. let's just go and get wrecked and then yeah, see what yeah, happens it's yeah, just not my yeah. buzz and um, i want to chat to you a little bit about youtube if that okay. was okay and yeah. um, when you first started number one we, we kind of talked about the channels that you watched but um mm. Did you watch YouTube as a platform and be like, "Yeah, this is this"? I I like how I connect with an audience in this longer form content is good. I like the documenting mm. style. Yeah, uh, to be honest, I didn't start it because, and this is just me being completely honest. I didn't start it because I was like, I would really like to do this. I started because I knew this is probably a good idea. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like I had all of socials. Insta- four four or five years ago, I think it was. was yeah, it? yeah, yeah, about that. Time. It was about five years ago, and. Yeah, like I was quite young then and I don't know, maybe naive, but I I still kind of knew at the time, like I kind of need a longer form content here. Mm. Didn't have a podcast. Nobody really had a podcast back then. That would have been the time to do it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and now every like my auntie's like get come on my podcast i know what so many i want to yeah i don't know i don't know it's never too late to start a podcast nope. but it seems to be quite difficult it's quite po- yeah it's quite popular at the minute yeah big but time. we'll chase it down baby big sorry time. go on but yeah one of um uh what was i saying you're just talking about um why you liked youtube and why you went oh yeah one of one of the main reasons that i started was just because i knew i needed a longer form like mm-hmm. all of my instagram was short term or short form it wasn't reels or anything at the time it was purely just pictures uh, you could talk on your stories of course but um you know that goes after 24 hours so the beauty of youtube is that it's long form once it's up there it's searchable on the library almost yeah, the content 100%. Yeah. and you know something on youtube like and it's happened to me happened to me a lot of times can pop off two or three months later whereas mm. on instagram and stuff like if your video doesn't perform well that day like it's gonzo anyway and even if it does it's probably gone yep. you know whereas youtube is just much longer lasting and that's the great thing even about youtube shorts uh, which i've kind of started recently like they some of mine have popped off after a while of being up so youtube mm. is great for that like it's really really good it's really powerful in that sense it just seems your content has a longer shelf life yeah and you can always if, if you're like someone asks you obviously you do a lot of like Q&A's and stuff on your Instagram yeah. hey um, trying to try reverse dieting like, hey yeah. I've got a video for that link it I yeah. did I yeah. did I did it for a week try it or yeah, watch that yeah, video yeah. Um, so true so that, I, I obviously I'm a I'm a YouTube guy through and through so like longevity wise I think um, also as you said the algorithm is you can do for example you can do like a rock eating challenge or whatever a year later he comes out with a new movie it exactly. goes back into the algorithm again so it's great 100% and 
I saw you did a lot, you had a lot of success with the food challenges and like nutrition videos in particular. And mm. um, two kind of questions on that. Number one, where did you, was it just self-education on nutrition and like educating yourself on it where you kind of um, built your knowledge around that? And number two, like what were some of your favorite food challenges you did? Yeah, so yeah, a lot of it was self self-taught pretty mm. much um i obviously have my personal training degree you learn a little bit in that but to be honest them degrees are shit you don't Marin said saying she's like a lot of it is the shy. next the next level if you want to get to the next level you got to go out on your own and oh, one, research one, stuff 100 percent. Yeah. so yeah pretty much self-taught for the most part anyway um and i started doing them i think i you know youtubers they they quite typically do um, full day of eating videos mm. uh, they always do well and I had one at the very beginning of, lockdown, beginning of lockdown I remember that did really well mm. and I was like geez okay you know I need to actually hop on this nobody else is doing it because nobody was and mm. um, but like I'm gonna make another full day of eating video uh, for people who eat 2,000 calories mm. and be like okay well I don't eat 2,000 calories but if I did this is what I'd eat so mm. and then I do the same for 1.7 and 2.3 and 2.8 etc etc so mm. I wouldn't actually eat those calories because mm. some of them are super low for me and mm. um, but you're mapping it out for yeah, people who want to get on those calories 100%. you're doing the whole thing for them which really, is really really good education and um, so yeah they were massively massively successful they actually taught me a lot as well because I've never or you know grown up I didn't cook a lot but obviously through those videos i was like fuck i need to come up with some new recipes here mm. so that's exactly what i did so i'm pretty okay in the kitchen now which is good uh, and a lot of them pretty much all of them are calorie and macro friendly as well so mm. you know they're really really popular now but you know you can have your calorie friendly burger and chips your calorie friendly spice bag your calorie mm. friendly chinese takeaway all of these kind of things um and you know you still feel like you're on track you know you can still fit them into your goals for the day which is mind-blowing like mm. if you're you're not really exposed wasn't, to that it wasn't the case so there wasn't the information that was like five ten years ago it was like you get a pizza you're like fucking yeah or like you're making your own stuff you're like what do you mean you're eating pizza and spice bags and all yeah, that kind of stuff 100%. the whole um flexible dieting kind of approaches really become yeah, popularized big time and it um did you kind of find i i know the cooking you said cooking is something you've kind of gotten into mm. at the start you weren't you weren't big into cooking at all so you kind of you, you learn two meals and those are the kind of ones you cook every time yeah you have big them. time everyone has their favorites you know yeah. even now like you know i have my staples so i go to mercadona i get the same shit like we yeah. all do like i've got the same few meals on rotation man yeah but it's good to it's good to have a few different ones, you know. So if you're in the mood for something different on a Friday, or you know, you're getting bored of this meal, you're like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna get this instead. But mm. I'll always have my staples, you know. I really what's really what's like. a what's a what's a you know, what you want to treat yourself on a Friday and not go completely like off the off the wagon. What what's something you'd have there? It's I usually like I usually go out. Yeah. So you are you a savory guy? Would you rather like oh just give me like a, I'd love a burger? Or you're like I'd love to have a a brownie Sunday. I'm really craving like sugar. Yeah, that's a good question, and this is a shit answer. But both, yeah, fair both enough. Listen, that's it. Both, baby. Yeah, <laughs> give enough. me both. Go out, and I'll get the I'll get the brownie, uh, and I'll get the burger as well. But yeah, I love going out, man. You know, that's something that I've really gotten into over here, especially because, you know, at home, like you kind of know everywhere mm. you know but over here like it's i'm completely it's new, great to explore 100 percent, 100 percent. have you uh did you notice the difference in the meat quality a little bit from ireland versus here can you taste it a little bit no actually. really fair play to you i can a little bit. i I, so I used to get like steaks at home and then i get steak here and so, got steak here so there's i i this, it's not bad but the, yeah not bad yeah, but yeah. the the steaks at home i went home there for christmas and you just have like it really is for the same value i think i i did notice it a little bit but just um that's another pro for dublin a little bit yeah. um so actually just quickly with the the food challenges we said what was your most difficult one you did what did you struggle with like do you have a big appetite typically yeah so i've done one main food challenge in my time and it was the 10k calorie challenge did this years ago man back before i did start doing the kind of nutrition videos i did it because it's what it's what everybody was doing yeah. at the time get them views yeah big time get man them views. but and it did well. I was like, oh yes, this popped off. Like mm. it did exactly what it needed to do. But my message is the opposite of that, mm. if you know what I mean. Like I'm all about flexible dieting, about fitting these things into your diet. So when it was popping off, like I kind of felt uncomfortable about like, it. Am I going to be famous for this now? For is this going to be a thing? thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and in that video, I can't remember how many likes I said because I probably had like a thousand followers at the time. Mm. I was like, if I get X likes, I'll do the 20K one. And to be honest, I, I think I'd do pretty well. I mm. think I'd probably be able to do 20K. But, you know, I massively smashed those likes and I was getting messages saying when are you doing it 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 I just kind of ignored them for a year or two I was like fuck right here I have to address this but I just came out and I said here listen like this did extremely well um but you know I've kind of 
I think differently about it now. I, you know, I don't want that to be my message. You know, my message isn't centered around cheat days. It's centered around fitting these things into your diet. So even if I'm saying that in the video, which I, which I do, like people are going to see me doing that. He's in great shape. He can eat 10K calories. Yeah. He can eat 20K calories. I'm going to do the same. I'm going to challenge myself to that. Whereas in reality, if it wasn't for YouTube, there's no fucking way I would have done that. You mm. know, because in the lead up to it, and this is actually something I touched on in the following video, uh, like how I prepared for it. But like I had to go into a calorie deficit for a few days. I had to do a few things. So, you know, like fuck that. Like why would I ever, why would somebody ever do that? Yeah. Like, if it wasn't for views, if it wasn't for clout, like so I was just like, oh, I'm not doing that again. It's funny. It's, it's a, I, I think it's a an area we all go through now. Obviously, trying I'm trying to grow my YouTube channel, and like there's there's ways you can title stuff, there's ways you can thumbnail yeah. stuff that's gonna you know be more appealing to like the mass audience, more yeah, likely to get yeah. pushed. And then you're like, but do I want to be? It's that balance of like, do I want to be yeah. that channel that people come to and like, yeah, they'll get views because interesting, but they've no real. They're not interested in you. They just they want to see the bullshit you're talking yeah. about. Or do I grow a smaller, slower growing channel? That's mm. exactly what I want to be and like true to myself. 100%. So I think they all go through at that point. You see it on the bigger st stage now, like the big channels will do like exposing blah, the truth about blah, mm. blah, and those things you see, they kind of blow up. So it's, I think it's, I, I think it's a benefit to you that you kind of f found that early and you're like, I'm just going to stick to my lane and what I think is important to me. Big time. And um, when you're just obviously you're, um, you kind of spoke about guys that have kind of stopped doing YouTube where they've, they got burnt out or whatever those kind of, whatever the, the reasons are, have you kind of felt that burnout at any point? And um, how do you kind of, I guess, is it just so ingrained into you now making YouTube content that you're like, it's part of my routine now and I, I, I enjoy doing it. But how did you deal with those, those moments of burnout and getting, you know, yeah. inspired to do it again? Yeah, I had like a lot. To be honest, man, I've thought about giving up YouTube so many times mm. over the years, especially because my channel, like kind of, I would never say it popped off, but it started gaining momentum probably like three years into my journey. So mm. the first few years, man, it was such slow growth. I did that bodybuilding um, series mm. and I actually had, f all followers at the time mm. so even though you know i was pouring my heart into this content like i wasn't getting that many views yeah, like 18 views like, yeah, come yeah. on to be honest some of them <laughs> did quite well but some of them you know if i did that now it would be it would accelerate my channel yeah. much more because i have that bigger audience in the first place uh but man i'm just so stubborn and i think you know a good bit of it was the sunk cost fallacy as well i was like fuck here i've already you know gotten this far i've already put in this much energy into mm. it like i actually can't give up and, and the john of five years ago would have bitten your hand off where you are now if you're like you'll have yeah. that size channel so maybe maybe you feel like you owe it to yourself a little bit to Big stick time. with it i think so man yeah i think so so yeah it was just all about you know like i kind of believed in my content as well it, i think it comes back as well if you believe in what you're putting out and if you're looking at your content and you're thinking this is good mm. and i haven't popped off yet because you know people think like within within even the space of 12 months you know they're gonna pop off but you know a very small portion of people do me <laughs> but yeah like the the harsh reality of social media is man you have to look at it as like a long-term thing and like whenever somebody asks me like you know how to grow socials I, that's what i always say like think of this as a long-term project mm. like pour your heart into it for a couple of years and expect nothing in return uh, and then assess where you're at. You know, if you're going at it for a few years and nothing is happening, there's no real growth, then maybe reassess and say, do you know what? This isn't for me. Mm. But you cannot make that conclusion until you get that far, mm. you know? Um, as we kind of approach the later section, I, I had a couple of questions that popped to my mind actually in the last day or so. They want to just more so, I've, I've kind of found this on the fit. I'm kind of using you as an encyclopedia for health and wellness. Um, the the thoughts on I've kind of noticed since I moved here the the impact sleep can have on how you feel day to day your recovery all those things I've kind of noticed at home I'd go to bed quite late I'd eat quite late and I'd go mm. to bed and I used to feel like I'd wake up quite slow and sluggish and since coming here I've started to adjust it a little bit more eat earlier make sure my food's digested um, can you maybe just break down how important sleep is to a healthy lifestyle and like recovery and stuff like that yeah, big time, man. And it's like sleep is one of the things that I focus on so much with my mm. clients because when people think of even from a, you know, a muscle growth perspective, you know, they it's all training, it's all nutrition, but that other pillar, it's 100% sleep. It really, really is. So, you know, if you're training your ass off and you're eating super well, but uh, your sleep isn't on point, then that's going to affect your results in terms of muscle growth. Mm. It's going to affect your recovery. You won't be able to to perform as well in the gym if you're on a fat loss journey a lack of sleep is going to make it so much harder because mm. you are much hungrier you are much more likely to move to lose muscle as opposed to fat and mm. um, if you know you're sleeping four or five 
even six hours a night so um yeah when it comes to you know the muscle growth side of things and just the overall body composition side of things it's massively important but i focus on it for overall quality of life as well and you know it yourself like if you are sleep deprived everything is worse yeah everything work is more stressful if a curveball comes your way it's harder to deal with your productivity goes down your mood is shit you're Mm. more agitable like everything suffers it's kind of been a mixed i i definitely remember like the rock the kevin hart those kind of guys they promote a i don't even know if the rock he might even emphasize sleep better but like kevin hart was someone i used to always say he'd be like oh i he emphasizes you know six hours five hours sleep is plenty Mm. gary v all those kind of people that like motivation all those sort of things they they're like sleep when you're like sleep when you're dead was a big thing and now it's almost getting reversed where i'm hearing much more like andrew huberman those kind of people come out and be like like Mm. eight to ten do you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's so yeah. critical to so many parts of your life, and like it used to be a story of like, I ah, listen, you sleep too much, you'll be in bed all day, and you're it, you're actually sluggish if you sleep oversleep. And I was like, it was always to the mind that like six hours is perfect. And as I grow up now and get older, it's like, no, you need to be getting in the successful people I know are like getting to bed at ten thirty, mm. getting up at you know half six seven, so getting up early, but getting to bed early and getting those quality hours of sleep, yeah. they kind of pr- breach that hard. So it's it's weird how stuff can change in that little 100%. short period, big time, man. And you know, one thing that I personally do and I recommend my clients do as well is you know we set ourselves a wake up alarm. It's you probably the same time every morning, most of the time anyway, apart from the weekends. But I actually set myself a going to bed alarm. It's actually a notification on my phone. Like, do you have that set up? It's yeah, like it is, uh, it's like sleep preparedness yeah, or whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. you get ready to go to bed big time. So that's actually what I use big time. And when that like goes off, like no matter what I'm doing, I'm like right, getting up, going to bed. And you know, if it takes you 15 minutes to get into bed, that's fine. You know, you need to account for that. And if I'm in bed with like eight and a half hours or something till my morning alarm and i know for you know some people that's you know that's not you know doable like it actually isn't for some people but you know if they're sleeping even usually five hours per night and they can increase that to even six you know by doing this by being more strict around their bedtime routine that's a massive massive win so mm. that going to bed alarm like that is something that has helped me massively and on average i'll pro- I'd probably get you know an hour more an hour sleep Mm. more per night as a result of it Mm. because it starts then like people are just they just fuck around on netflix on tiktok and stuff like that 10 to 12 window people are just like big you're like what did you do between 10 p.m and 12 everything gets worse surfed and and ate more shit and then so if you can if you can prioritize it man um and said and you get up early yourself so you you kind of know like it's not like um I guess if you get to 12, 1 and you're trying to still get up at the time, you have like a routine to get up. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure if you had a later night for whatever reason it was, you wake up that morning, you're like, oh, oh it's like awful. that, wasn't it? Yeah. Do you track your sleep or anything like that? Do you have a, an app mm. or anything or a watch that tracks that stuff for you? You know what? I used to, um, I took my Fitbit off quite recently because, you know, they, they're actually great for tracking your steps, for tracking your sleep, but. I felt like I was over relying on it, Mm. which can obviously happen. Steps is fine. Uh, I'll I'll hit them regardless. But, you know, when it comes to sleep, like at the end of the day, like it is a device that measures it. It gives an estimation. But sometimes like I'd feel pretty good. And I look at my watch and it was like, ah, your sleep was shy. And they're like, you feel bad. Yeah. But then you let that get in your head. And so I took that off just as a bit of a break. Uh, But I think they're a really useful tool, especially starting out. Like, where's my sleep at? How can I improve this? And then if it gets to the point where you're like, okay, I, I kind of know, then take it off if you want. If you feel like you're kind of getting too invested in it. Mm. It's the same with calorie tracking and all of that stuff. Like, you know, use it as a tool for a certain period of time. Educate yourself. Use it to, you know, reach your fat loss goal. But, you know, you don't need to track your calories forever. You don't need to track your sleep forever. Instead, you know, learn you know where you can improve you know use it as a tool and when it's time to give it up you can do so it's kind of a, a common misconception is like people are like oh, i don't want to get into tracking calories because like that's no way to live mm. and you're kind of like i think they presume that you're doing that for the rest of your life but the whole idea is so that you can look at a plate of food and be like that's 100%. about 900 calories yeah. i've got protein there i've got a mix so it's it's giving yourself the ability because it's that i lived in that blind spot for a long time just like ah listen there's chicken and rice there it's you know protein it's, it's all good yeah, yeah. and like unfortunately like it takes you know however long it takes you to realize but like there is there's a reason that calorie tracking has worked for so many people and understanding the food that's going into your body because you can eat well Mm. you can even in your mind be eating hitting your protein targets all those things and be going over your calories by 500 having eaten four structured meals that are good and you're like i'm just not seeing the success so it 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 would be something it's not something i've done yet Myron obviously is religious with it Mm. but um it's definitely something that i i think people could benefit a lot from 
Yeah, even for a short period of time, man. Like, you know, a few months, especially if, you know, your goal is circled around fat loss. Like, I highly recommend pretty much, you know, if you have a fat loss goal, at least track your calories for a certain period of time. Because as you said, giving yourself that knowledge to be able to look at a plate of food and say, yeah, this is X number of calories. Like, that's something that will stick with you for the rest of your life. Because so many people get, like, so frustrated because they're eating quote-unquote healthy, which they probably are, but they are gaining weight in- instead of losing weight. But, you know, they they need to realize, and this is what calorie tracking teaches you, that it's not just about eating healthy. That Of course, that's a big part of it. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's centered around portion mm. sizes as well. You know, and you need to, you know, be consuming and you need, you need to be in a calorie deficit to lose weight and that's just that's just a harsh reality it's like when you it's like when you pour out you're like pour out a bowl of cereal for yourself that you have <laughs> and you pour it out and you go there you go and you pour it up and you fill the bowl and then they go okay so the standard portion is about you know a quarter of the bowl that's you just ridiculous poured. and you anyway, go oh so because so, you look crazy. at the calories and you're like ah, one portion like, 180 <laughs> calories now yeah 100 percent. and then uh you they're like no and you pour that you pour a quarter of it or like three quarters of it out and they go there's your first serving yeah. you go so it's just it's remarkable man and yeah, as we kind of wrap up here, thank you for giving me some time on your Sunday. I appreciate it. Um, is there any kind of, uh, number one, is there any other avenues you'd like to go down with your YouTube channel, any other types of content, or do you, have you kind of found your niece you enjoy and just going to kind of stick with that now? Mm. Like when you come to my bay, is there more, are you more inclined? I want to collaborate with more people. I want to like bring some new faces to the channel. Or are you like, I'm just going to stick to what I do and, you know, let my audience yeah. continue good, to engage my content. Good question. So the one thing with YouTube is I used to vlog a lot. Um, Tough game, man. Yeah, tough game. Tough game. And I actually was just like, fuck this. I don't want to do this anymore. So that's why, that's part of the reason that my I can kind of remain consistent with my nutrition videos because I do them for a few hours on a Thursday or something. That's usually when I record and it's done. I don't have to bring my camera around with me. I don't have to, you know, vlog in public places. To be honest, I'm pretty good at that now, but if I'd rather not do it, you know, I'd rather not have to bring my camera to a cafe yeah Yeah. big time i'd rather not have to so this actually works quite well for me one of the things that i do want to kind of circle my content around more i used to do it but the nutrition videos did so well so i went kind of down that route but i'd like to bring the gym into them Mm. more and i'd like to bring more general advice into them that's what shorts are great for like if you look at my shorts like it's there's not many nutrition videos there it's more um you know nutrition tips it's more training tips it's more mindset tips and that's actually where i'm you know the most passionate the content that i enjoy the most nutrition of course it does well um and i enjoy it but you know i poured you know a lot of energy into that because it, it was doing so well mm. of course you know i was capitalizing on it listen i'll do the same thing <laughs> anything yeah yeah no shame <laughs> not one subscribe to my only fans <laughs> like now yeah so we'll we'll see but i i would like to get more into just other areas of you know kind of healthy lifestyle as opposed to just nutrition 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 but your your primary goal now isn't totally focused around growth which is nice no, you're kind of like really let, let me utilize the platform i have and make sure everything i have is kind of true to myself 100 percent. unreal man well look thank you so much for joining me i really appreciate it go go enjoy your sunday get out in the sun thank, God. Uh, thank you all for listening first part of 2023 we have lots of um returning guests who are interested in coming back during the summer so we'll have more to come uh like subscribe all those things please please subscribe don't please shy fucking please don't do it right, thanks folks cheers yes sir oh, good that was good man I think